Hi guys, you're listening to the Small Business Bootcamp podcast, and today it's just Megan. Jen is headed to a competition in Fort Wayne, Indiana, where her twin daughters are coaching. I am, however, joined by two of our employees, and we're going to have a conversation centered around employment at Kids First and the life lessons and fun that happen along the way. When I started working at Kids First in 2013, I ran our summer camp program and our teen leadership programs. And two of my staff members have joined me today to talk about employment and their experience. So I am joined by Alex and Lauren Ann. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> um, so, Alex, can you tell everybody when you started working at Kids First and kind of what departments you've worked in along the way? So, I started as a camper in our summer camp way back when I was a little kid, came up through the LIT program as a leader in training. That's when you joined Kids First and I first met you. And then later on when I turned 16, I got my first job in camp as a counselor. Prior to that, I was a birthday party host and coordinated birthday parties for a little while. And then worked every summer in summer camp. Um, I worked my way up. I was an LIT coordinator, activity um, I planned the activities for the summer and then I eventually ran camp for a summer. And then now I work hospitality, do some random projects here and there. And I also run our camp over at kids first too. Mm -hmm. Right. And Lauren Ann, can you tell us when you started working at kids first and what you've done since you've worked here? Yeah, I started working at kids first the summer of 2019 and I started as a camp counselor, um, I had so much fun doing camp, uh, worked under Alex when he was running camp in 2020, and then I thought that tumblebees looked like a super fun job, so I started doing that around like a year or a year and a half ago. Um, still doing that right now. I love it. Um, and I also do hospitality now. So right. loving that. Awesome. Lauren Ann reminded me, I also taught tumblebees you in did. high school. <laughs> through the school year, a couple nights a week. Also loved it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Tumblebees, um, if anybody's listening for the first time, is our preschool gymnastics program. Um, it's called Tumblebees, and we run anywhere from fourteen to 1,800 preschoolers a week through that program. So we have, have to have some awesome staff. And um, Casey, who we've done um, another podcast with, is our department leader for that program. So awesome. Um I just thought of it would be funny to ask you the difference in leadership between Megan and Alex while you're both sitting here since you worked for both of us, but we don't have to do that. Um, okay. So one of the things that I would want to ask you, um, Alex, you kind of came up through the camp program to work here and Lauren and you did not come necessarily through our programming to work here. So what would you say drew you to apply to work here at Kids First rather than another place that you could have worked? Ooh, okay. So I had some friends who worked here as camp counselors. Um, and I had heard about Kids First just because I live around here and I went to a dance studio somewhere else. And we also have a dance studio here. So I had heard about Kids First before, but I really wanted to be a camp counselor. And I was like, where can I get a camp counselor job? And my friends just raved about like, how much fun it was. And I was like, seems like it's not even going to seem like I have a job. So I came in and interviewed and I was 
so pumped when I got the job. So, <laughs> so kind of came through referral, which is mm-hmm. where we get a lot of our employees. I think a lot of people ask where we get employees and it is a lot of word of mouth and referrals. Alex um, has brought in a lot of staff members that were friends, his sister, um, and she's brought in friends, camp counselors, especially, I think, because it's such of that high school college age group. Um, if they love the job and they have friends that they know they would love to work alongside, a lot of times they will they will send us a lot of ways. So Lauren Ann came in kind of by way of other great counselors that we had. And then I got to have like three of my best friends come work this summer. Right. So, so much fun. It's all full circle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Alex, do you have any, would you, did you have any other options or did kids first feel like the only option for you when you were looking for a job? Well, when I was 14, there weren't many places that were hiring and I didn't even know I was looking for a job. But when I was a camp count or a camper, one of the um, gym employees told me that you could get a job here at 14. And so I applied right away. I interviewed and got it and then did that for two years until I was old enough to work camp. Um, so at the time, I wasn't really looking for other jobs because I didn't know I wanted a job until I worked here. Um, but once I worked here, I mean, yeah, kind of what Lauren Ann said, it doesn't really feel like a job when you're here for the most part. When you're working with your friends, um, working with kids is also a lot of fun, especially when I was younger. That was what I liked to do all the time. I didn't like any of the administrative stuff at the time. So working with kids Running parties was a really good option as far as hours because it was on the weekends and I was in school and wasn't really ready to handle working in the evening. So it just was the right fit. And then the ability to jump department to department kind of also lent me to staying um, because I could adapt my schedule um, and the program I was working to to the stage of my life. Yeah. Yeah. So when I'm home for the summer, I can work a full time job and then when I'm gone or, you know, when I'm away at school or in high school, when I was around, I could work as few as eight hours a week, um, sometimes less if my schedule is really busy. So just the flexibility was pretty worthwhile. I've had jobs other places, um, but this somehow I always end up coming back here. Always end up coming back. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about, we get a lot of questions about our our training process or what it's like when you start working here. when people come to boot camp, that's a big topic that we talk about is just our employment experience and that onboarding and training. Um, can both of you or either one of you talk about what that training experience was like as a new employee or what you remember from that? Nothing it doesn't have to be anything super specific, but what do you remember about that onboarding or training before your first day of work? I know when I did mine, there was level one, which I remember to be more like logistics forms um that kind of business my level two was with jeff metzger um because he did all of them at the time at 14 years old i was incredibly intimidated i got yelled at on my first day um at 7 a.m it was myself and matt vornheater um just the two of us we were both here on time we had not shaken each other's hands we were the same age and we had not introduced ourselves and shaken each other's hands by the time jeff walked in and when jeff walked in he was like immediately got to shake each other's hands get to know each other you're going to be working alongside each other that was like i'll never forget that so in your 14 year old mind you were yelled at do you think i wasn't yelled at i wasn't yelled at no (laughs) i was stuck with you it stuck with me i was I mean, and that was like the first time I think I was imprinted with the values of Kids First. I mm-hmm. mean, it was very formative. And yeah, you're right. Funnily I was not enough, I remember 
when I came in and I accepted a job with Jeff, I think we did like a handshake in this in the office. We're sitting in my mine and Jen's office that used to be Jeff and Steve's office. And I remember um, like shaking his hand that we were like I was going to work here. And he stopped me right there and he said, Megan, that was a pretty good handshake, but this is how you need to shake someone's hand. And he got right in the web, he likes to call it, and he shook my hand harder um, and a firm grasp. And that clearly left an impression on me. Um, like I'd never been told that I didn't have a good handshake. And he and um that is a lesson that is very integral, honestly, to our level too. It was a big deal for Jeff that we were teaching those kinds of things to our young people because that carries way beyond working here, just having a firm handshake and being able to introduce yourself. So it's it's funny that you remember that from your 14-year-old level two training. Yes. That he was so indignant that you guys introduced and, and shook each other's hands. Yes. And then from there, when I was overseeing the LIT program, one of my favorite parts of the summer was the very first Monday of every summer, I would try to get Jeff to come talk to the LITs, which are our teens who are rising eighth and ninth graders, sometimes 10th graders. And they help out with our summer camp staff. They are not, they are not staff. They are, you know, legally viewed as campers, but they help us out. They're extra eyes and ears. They're playmates to our campers, but they get special programming to kind of develop their leadership and other skills throughout the summer. And so Jeff talks to them um, on the first Monday and his topic is always the handshake because it's such an important skill to learn at that age. And that's been like one of the biggest takeaways I've had from my level two was that that handshake. And then I would say beyond that, generally, I couldn't put it to words, but just the overall culture of Kids First was instilled to me in me at that time. And I think has just kind of proven itself over the years, eight years of seeing how this place kind of runs and it's kind of just kind of ingrained. But I know that's where I really realized the kind of place I was working. I was excited to know that I was going to be, you know, I was my own individual person and not just kind of going to get lost in the system. It was really cool. But what I remember most was the handshake from level two and then the culture piece. And then level three, which is with your department, was with you. Um, um, at the time, I also had a level two or a level three with my department leader for um, birthday parties. That was a little bit less formal just because birthday parties wasn't as intense of a role. But then in summer, I know our level three is pretty robust. Um, it's something like 25 hours um, in the evenings right before camp starts. And it's a lot of fun. Um, I think it does a good job of blending super important things as far as taking care of people's children for 40 hours a week, but then also getting to know your your staff, you know, your co-counselors, other staff members, and kind of getting a feel for the building. Lauren Ann, do you have any <laughs> Anything to add about the tour yeah. training experience? Well, I just think camp training is like the most unique thing I've mm -hmm. ever been a part of. It's super exciting. I thought it was like the most fun thing yeah. I've ever done. It's definitely designed to be fun. Yeah. And it's super important because I feel like we all became best friends before the summer even started. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of the people that I'm like besties with now mm -hmm. is like we met during my first training at camp so that's pretty awesome um but that is was my favorite thing ever i look forward to it every summer when mm -hmm. we have camp and then tumble because when you return yeah. to camp for a second or third or fourth summer you still go through the training mm -hmm. 
but with all the new staff. So you're kind of now the veteran and you're Mm -hmm. helping to train and teach the new people, but it is another 25 hours, but it Mm -hmm. is fun. It's designed, but it's even more fun and it helps you because I know like by the end of the summer, it can be easy to like kind of get like a little bit burnout and like forget all the rules that we talk Mm -hmm. about during training. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to go through it again and remind yourself why we're here and how much we love the kids. Right. And yeah. Kind of ground you when you come Mm -hmm. back to the summer the next year. So much fun. Yeah. And then Tumblebee's training is so fun because I feel like you just, we have um, meetings with our department leaders, um, with Gabby and Casey, with just some PowerPoints and super important things that are going to be useful. I'm a preoccupational therapy major. So I feel like I was learning information that I'm going to carry to my career in the long run. I'd like further than tumblebees, just a lot of developmental things. And then just getting thrown into like the swing of tumblebees is super awesome too. I loved um, learning from all the different super cool tumblebees teachers. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, I I do have a question that's kind of come up out of something that Alex said. You had talked about our culture and I, I didn't, I do have a question that relates to that, but um, Jen and I talk a lot in the podcast and Jeff's entire first day at bootcamp is about the culture and how our belief system and our value system and how it's been created. And I think people always wonder how that does trickle down to a part-time team member. Um, And so not necessarily how did the training give you that information, but is there any specific piece of our value system that maybe has been more ingrained in you or that you have an example of how that's been ingrained in you as a team member. I think that oftentimes boot campers have that question of, yeah, this is this is your 26 points on a piece of paper, but how do how do your team members know all that? How do they get that ingrained in them? Um, what does that process kind of look like? So can you speak to any one of those principles and maybe how it's been ingrained or what it's how important it's been to you well i would say even just having been in the building nearly my entire life and then working here for like more than a third of my life um a lot of it is just like been formative and who i am as a person kind of changed who i am inside and outside the building some of them i don't even think about anymore because they're just so innate now Um, but i think the ones that come up the most and trickle down to you as an employee whether you're here all day, every day, or you're here two hour shift, two days a week, something like that. Um, I think the unconditional respect, um, it's pretty universal and you can tell that no matter who you look at in the building, they're going to treat you with respect. Um, and it's also not going to fly if someone doesn't, I think that's been a very important part of stark contrast. It sticks out when somebody doesn't do yeah, that because it's so universally understood that the unconditional respect is key. And I think that's why it's number one on the 11 teaching principles. Um, but forthrightness is another important one. I think obviously working here is awesome, but there are times where you have conflict between other people, between situations, sometimes even between a client and another, you know, and when you're dealing with people, member. there's conflict. It Absolutely. doesn't matter. Yeah. You know. So forthrightness has always been really important to, I think building into the trust that you have with whoever you're talking with, whether it's a client or another employee um, and addressing your own concerns, pretty straightforward and um, on the spot so that you don't build up 
to make a bigger problem than what you're actually working with has always been really important and pretty prevalent um, to everyone here. I also think growth and innovation, I've always said like I've never felt um, unchallenged here. I think my skills have always been used for the best and I use them the way I want to use them. Um, what I have to contribute, someone finds a way to let me use it. Um, so growth and innovation has always been like a dynamic part of kids first and I think contributes to why we are the way we are. Um, nobody here is stagnating and just ro rolling with things as they are looking for new ways to do things is kind of ingrained in everyone. Um, and obviously it is harder to do that if you're part-time than if you're full-time, but no matter what capacity you're working here, I think your voice is one that's heard enough that what ideas you have can be kind of put into, put into play. Yeah. One thing that I love um, is I know in our level two training, Jeff and Jeff used to do level two and now Jen does level two. Um, but one thing that we talk a lot about is making mistakes. And I know that I would talk about that in camp training with camp counselors. And that to me goes back to that growth and innovation. Um, and that was always so powerful, I think, to hear from the kid, the kids first president, Jeff and now Jen, to go out there and make mistakes. We actually encourage you to make mistakes because if you're not, you know, fail forward, if you will, go out there and make mistakes and either you you learn from it and it didn't work, um, but at least you we've we've invested in your education, if you will, so that you don't do that again. Um, if you do something again, knowing that it's going to fail, that's irresponsible. That's not a mistake. And so when you have the intention that something that you're trying is going to be good, we will support that. And we, I think that that does create a little bit of a powerful culture that you know you're supported in those mistakes. And um, it feeds, I think, to the growth and innovation to even somebody like Alex, who has been a um, full and part-time member of our team, but never in a well, you have been in a leadership role, but even as a part-time member, not in a leadership role, I think that we do encourage growth and innovation and autonomy within our employees. And I think that's important. I was also going to say when I first, I would say when I ran camp for the first time um, on my own, not only was it COVID and I was figuring a lot out, but also it was my first time in that capacity of a leadership position. I never wondered, despite my age and my, you know, I've been around camp and I know camp inside out backwards, but Despite that, I never feared that making, you know, I, I didn't have the authority to make a decision and roll with it and then come to you guys if I had further questions or if I did mess up and needed guidance on how to recover from it. It was always an open line of communication that I could pretty easily figure out where to go from there. Um, and it was a big part of allowing me to grow in that role and then also grow camp during a pandemic, which we had never done before. So that was really cool. Lauren Ann, do you have any that stick out to you? Yes. So one of the seven unifying principles that I think I have experienced in a super awesome way would be balance. Because I think all of the department leaders that I've worked under truly respect that a lot of their employees, it, this is a part-time position and we have a lot of other things that are going on in our lives. And they want us to be working on those other things that are going on in our lives, whether it's um, school or any like extracurricular activities. I don't think anyone has ever like been upset that I can't come in to like sub or cover a shift because I have like one of my sorority events or something mm -hmm. like that. People yeah. want you to be going and doing those things outside of work. Mm -hmm. um, and that just makes 
me want to come in when I can come in instead of having that like kind of a resentment towards like they want me here all the time and I don't have time to do my other things. So that I feel has contributed to why if I ever have any free time, I'm always here. So yes. And then another one that I think is especially when we're working with um, all the kids at camp in Tumblebees, um, love, empathy, and compassion is something that I always try to um, keep in the back of my mind. Um, Something I love that Alex always says during camp training is that there's no bad kids. And I think that that's something that everyone at Kids First truly believes. The amount of um, hard work that I've seen Casey, the Tumblebees department DL, um, put into trying to get every kid that she can involved in our program is super awesome. At camp, we always try um, to find a place for every child that wants to participate in camp. So I think that that's super awesome. And I try to keep that in my head while I'm with my campers and my tumblebees. So I I think Jen um, talks a lot about part of our mission as to do great things for kids. And I think that's not certain kids, it's all kids. And I think that we part of our, I love that one of our teaching principles is love, empathy, and compassion, because I think um, one of the lessons that I used to give in camp too was sometimes the child that needs your love the most is the one that acts out in the most unloving of ways. And, you know, you just have to, it's, it's about listening to every child, understanding and getting on their level. And, and um, I, I do love that that is one of our teaching principles, because I think it is important that every Every individual, not just every child, but every person that comes through our doors is given that empathy, love and compassion until they act in a way we like to talk about that glass of respect and trust. And when they act in a way that causes us to dump that water out, sometimes that can change, but they have unconditional respect um, until that point. So one more I could talk about that I just (laughs) kind of thought about was hire the hire the character, train the skill. Oh, yeah, I think that's been one of the it's been so applicable to me in a variety of different ways. For one, I didn't come in with gymnastics skills mm-hmm. and I was able to teach tumblebees. Mm-hmm. I didn't come in knowing how to run a small business and some somehow I still pulled off running camp. Mm-hmm. Um, like my background is not in business. Um, medicine's always been my thing. And so coming and doing a very non-medical thing has been really cool. And it's been a big part of my life, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, also beyond myself, hiring other people. I think we've always been able to see through um, a gap in someone's skill where they might need a skill for a role. But if it's something that we can teach, I think we always go for that person and are willing to invest the time and energy to get that person where they need to be. And I think we've seen over the years together both ways. When you accidentally hire the skill and don't hire the character, it doesn't work out long term. And when you do hire the character and you train the skill, you end up with high quality employees that really know what they're doing, but they're also committed to the same value system of kids first and they can make things happen. Yeah. That's a great one. Um, I think that Jeff coined that actually early on in the, um, I think I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that people say that Jeff started the higher the character train the skill. And it is one that we, we come back to, I think when Jen and I talk sometimes on the podcast about hiring those hiring mantras really, you know, sometimes you just have to look at them and if something doesn't sit with that, you have to trust your gut. And I think um, that is that is an important one that feeds into, I think, our business and, and the people that we have here. Um, I do want to shift to maybe 
that was a little heavier of a topic, um, but it is important. I think that gym owners like to hear from not just me and Jen, but like to hear from employees about how that culture feeds out. Um, but I would like to talk more about maybe some of your memorable or fun memories of working at Kids First. Um, oh boy. So can you think <laughs> of maybe either your favorite camp story or one of your most memorable moments of working at Kids First? There are too many. There are too many. <laughs> I literally feel like I can't pinpoint one. Not one. One that comes to mind. It's probably. <laughs> I hope not it's not the elevator memorable. story. It's not. Okay, great. I won't. <laughs> um, was the summer that I was the activity leader for summer camp. So that would have been 2017. Mm -hmm. I had this, what I thought was a brilliant idea to, to do a, an escape room, a homemade escape room <laughs> oh here at kids first. Um, probably spent way too much on it, but it was such a fun activity. It involved, it was some sort of space themed week in camp. I can't remember what exact, it was probably like mission air and space. That's mm -hmm. like one of our favorite themes. And we did an escape room. There you were all it with kinds fog, of, if I remember yeah, there correctly. was a fog machine. There was invisible ink. I actually wrapped my car in tin foil and it was hid a my car keys. Yeah. So it was a very, um, it was a very elaborate plan. Elaborate and I was going to share that one of the clues was my own hair, my own patch of hair. And so I took the liberty to take myself into the office, cut a little patch out of my hair and put it in a Ziploc baggie and hide it as it a clue. It was one to of the clues. I yeah. do remember that. And it's just like, I remember you saying like, wow, you really will just do anything for this job, won't you? And I was like, you know, I didn't think of it like that, but I guess so. Like I, I just, just cut a patch, cut a patch out of my head. hair yeah. for this summer, summer camp. So. Yeah. That sticks out to me. Um, that was an awesome activity. I do remember that. And I remember the kids being like, where did this car come from? And our, like this in our backyard, yeah. it was just wrapped in tinfoil. Mm -hmm. And we had a, um, a safe of Yoda cash. In yes. the, in the and we spent way again, it's things like where I'm just like, kids first, you really can do what you want to do and make it happen. We spent probably three hours cutting that cutting, Yoda cash. Yeah, it three was just, or four of us. It was fake dollar bills. Yeah, we didn't um, want to Yoda actu actually print fake currency, but we had. <laughs> so we put Yoda um, yeah. as the president and printed Yoda cash, um, which we makes me think time. it was probably a Star Wars theme week. Probably, uh -huh. and we did an escape room, um, and that that takes me to like the what we had, we put hanging over the door, which was do it for the kids and summer camp. That was like a big deal to us was any idea. No idea is too big. Like if we, if you have the idea, bring it in here and we'll try to do it. And when if we, we had our own make a wish program through um, oh, our LIT and CIT program. I think that was one of the coolest things ever. Grace Ryan, who would love to be on a podcast like dream this, circles is what started we the it. dream circles and the her, dream. her cohort of CITs where they collected ideas from campers who really um, had big dreams. I remember that summer might actually, that might be one of my favorite memories of camp, yeah. the CITs that did the dream world experience. Mm -hmm. And I won't say the, the camper's name, but we had one special camper that we all know and love who wanted a fire truck to come to camp. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, those 15 year old teens made it happen. Little yeah. things like that. It's like, do it for the kids. And when you see it happen, it's totally worth it. Yeah. All the kids at the beginning of that week wrote, um, and for the older kids, some of them thought it was dumb, but like they had a circle and they had to write 
what they wanted, a dream. And some of them, it was like, I would like to get on a fire truck. And some were, I want to meet Darth Vader. And some was, I want to jump in a pool of spaghetti noodles. And one was, I want to ride a roller coaster. And I can think of all those. And they they would pick, like hand select each week, as many as they could do. And they would make those dreams happen. And it seems silly, but those kids would light up. I remember the exact one that you're talking about where we, this fire truck rolls in and the whole grade got to go out and this specific camper got to get in the driver's seat and take a picture. And his mom was like, you have no idea how much he loves fire trucks. This meant the world to him. And, and all they did was call the fire back. department right. and get, have the fire truck come. And it was just by asking the kids what they wanted. There was this little boy that wanted to jump in a pile of spaghetti noodles. So what did they do? They went home and cooked like a hundred boxes of spaghetti, dumped it in a, baby, a pool. baby pool with noodles. And he came out there in his swim trunks and he just jumped in this pool of spaghetti noodles and played in it for like five minutes. And he was so happy. Um, we had a large slip and slide out back and they built a roller coaster for the kids that wanted to do a roller coaster. And the little boy that wanted to meet Darth Vader, we dressed up in Darth Vader, our full Darth Vader costume. And he came and met this little boy in camp. Another one wanted to be a robot and we built a robot costume. I mean, it was so many things, but I remember when each of those happened, like each one I remember because of the joy that the little the child had over their dream getting made and the counselors and the parents and the other, our other teens who made it happen and the joy. And I think the lessons that they learned from that in how one small thing can make such a difference. And that, that was, that was truly like one of my favorite memories maybe of being the camp DL was introducing that concept and just letting them run with it. And it was, it was awesome. Do you have any favorite memories, Lauren Ann of camp? I was looking through my camera roll because every my camera roll is taken over by camp photos and memories. Um, I like don't have like a specific one day like memory, but COVID summer was, I was like just gonna say the the way we all were a team. It was summer was super memorable, like so crazy and special and weird. Like you would have thought it would have. It, there were some like a lot of challenges, but I the way that I like bonded with my group of nine children that I was paired with was absolutely crazy. I was never wanting to be I was normally with like the fifth, sixth, seventh graders. And Alex was like, you're going to go with the bear pod with the <laughs> kindergarten and first grade. Yes. And I was kind of freaking out. I had never, this was before Tumblebees. I had never really had much like interaction with little kindergartner first grade. I always looked at them and I was like, wow, those counselors are really awesome because I could <laughs> never do that. But then I just like fell in love with my group of nine campers and they were all there pretty much the entire summer and we just all became little besties and that was just like my favorite thing ever all the counselors we were all so close because we were all there all day every single day we, we were with the same counselors i was with i was with maddie in the little b-ball conference room like <laughs> all day every day we became like besties um so that summer was just absolutely crazy and so fun. I also just love this past summer. Um, 
some of the like unlikely friendships that I've seen come up in just like campers. Um, it's just awesome as being an advocate. I was able to like make some friends in the different um, counselor groups. I thought that that was pretty awesome. Have a lot of selfies from those little friend groups that we've made. Just to explain then you were an inclusion, inclusion advocate advocate. who worked pretty exclusively with kids with special needs in our groups because our summer camp allows Mm -hmm. anyone to sign up. So, um, we do have kids with various special needs in our groups and you, and we have had a couple other advocates who would go group to group and help those kids find their way in each group, help them with the things they need, make sure they're getting through their day successfully. I have a perfect memory that goes along with me being an inclusion advocate. So I had one little camper with second grade and as one of his rewards or just his favorite thing to do in the entire world was to listen to We Will Rock You by Queen, of course, (laughs) the best song in the world. I am surprised it wasn't like my number one song on Spotify. We listened to it all day, every day, phone up to his ear. And he was with the second grade group. And so obviously, they all knew the song very well. And like midsummer, we had a camp talent show. So exciting. All of the grades got to come up with their talent and perform. And um, this camper, he only came certain days out of the week. So we had been planning our um, little talent show dance and it was to we will rock you and all of the second graders they came up with it on their own they got so excited they practiced it and i remember it was the last day of the week before the talent show and this camper hadn't been at camp yet and we were like waiting all morning because he always came late we never knew when he was gonna come and like we heard on our walkie-talkie that we use um, we heard on the walkie-talkie, like, he's here. So all the second graders, like, freak out. And I was like, I'm going down to get him. And I bring him back up. And they are all, like, ready, like, posed, ready to perform for him. And it was just, like, the sweetest moment. They were so ready to show him, like, that they, like, did this song and came up with this whole, like, dance routine just to do it for him. And, like, how excited all of them were. And, like, seeing their progress, like, with him over <laughs> over the whole summer is just it was so I know it was so beautiful I just loved that watching the them become friends with him yeah that is the power of camp and that is why that's why I was the camp DL for seven years and it's just awesome camp is so awesome for building inclusivity and and these memories for these kids um when I think outside of um, my role as an employee here, um, Emma, one of my best friends in camp, I'm still very close with today. We ran camp together. Um, like I think I've made some of my lifelong friends through camp, inc- more than just Emma, but then also my ones that I've been friends with as employees are also some of my longest lasting friendships and people that I'll probably know for the rest of my life as we all go on into different careers and all that, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about life after kids first. Um, You both have referenced, Alex referenced the medical field and you referenced preoccupational therapy. So um, talk to me about what you both want to do after kids first. And also what, if any, 
but hopefully there's at least one, what uh, life lessons you carry on to your future jobs from your time at Kids First? Who wants to go first? I can go first. Um, So I am planning on going to med school starting in July. So I've got a couple more months left here, and then I really have to give it up for real. Um, But I will go to med school for four years. I'll have a residency. And then my plan is to specialize... um, I'll for sure do pediatrics. I don't know exactly what specialty, what subspecialty. I can see myself in cardiology, but I have no idea where I'll be in my life at that point. So I'll definitely be in the medical field um, and hopefully also want to do a little bit of administration in um, in like a hospital setting. So that's kind of my plan. And I guess getting ready for that. Um, I think, like I've said a lot of my life skills have come from kids first, um, just in random things that you learn to do. I would say talking to parents, especially in really tough situations, will serve me well in my career. Um, I think when it, when a child is at the doctor, it's not always for a good reason. And so talking to parents through hard times and all that is definitely a skill I've learned and I feel confident in. It doesn't intimidate me the way it did when I was 14. So that's a really important skill. I also think just being able to think spatially and think broadly about an entire situation um, and be pretty hyper analytical when it needs, when I need to be has been a skill I learned here and the challenges that I've encountered have kind of pushed me to do that. I also think to my, my, my sister, who's also pre OT, she's pre OT because of her job at summer camp. Um, Her college essay was written exclusively about one little camper, the coolest little guy. Um, who I think gave her a purpose, gave her, um, obviously her college essay topic and got her into a really good program. Um, so that also speaks to the power of kids first in camp. Um, cause she's been able to do the same thing. She was a summer camp counselor and inclusion advocate, and then also works in tumblebees. Um, I don't know what it's called in, when you're in tumblebees, when you work with kids with special needs, a merger, a merger. So mm-hmm. she's a merger in tumblebees <laughs> as well. Um, and that has changed her life for the better. And she could talk about how kids first changed her life too, but she's not here. Mm-hmm. Come back, Ashley. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> Lauren Ann. Hmm. Well, I feel like I'm already like low key doing occupational therapy here <laughs> with all of my preschoolers and things like that. Um, it's pretty awesome that we have an OT here as well that I've been able to um, talk with about a lot of the things that I'm going through, talking about applying to grad school, just in general, like my journey through um, occupational therapy, like school and stuff like that. Um, I had a, a thought process and I, it just left me. <laughs> um, I went into summer camp knowing that I was like a preoccupational therapy major, but I think I was still pretty unsure. Um, I wasn't completely sure if I was like really awesome at working with any type of child with disabilities. I didn't have much experience at all, but I think Kids First has given me the chance to get tons of experience with that. Um, I Through being an inclusion advocate at camp, at Tumblebee's, Casey knows that I am a person who would love to do that. If she ever has anyone she would like an extra hand on, she always reaches out to me. Right now we're doing a 
class with the since Down Syndrome Association of Cincinnati. So we have had them come in every Sunday of February for a class. And that has just been one of the most amazing experiences I've had through Kids First. It's been the most fun. And it's just pretty awesome that I have those experiences through just from being here at Kids First. Um, oh, this is where I was going. You said <laughs> your question, you said how is life after Kids First? And I don't think there is going to be a life after Kids First, honestly. Um, I mean, I have talked to many people about how I feel like Kids First is more of a lifestyle than it is a wow. job. <laughs> and I feel like all of my friends that I have here at Kids First, we just keep coming back. I don't think... I would say the same thing. If wherever. I wasn't going into a career where I couldn't work here, or I could... If I was going into a career where I could work here for the rest of my life, I would. Yeah. I've always... I think Jen always calls people lifers. Mm -hmm. Like people who you just know they're here and they're here to stay. And I, I've always been like, I, I wish I was a lifer. And I wish that my career ambitions would let me stay here. And maybe mm -hmm. some way down the road... I'll make I'll weasel my way back in. You but. know, as you, the head of the marketing department, I just got a like a, a slogan, like a tagline, <laughs> like "Kids First is more than a job; it's a lifestyle." <laughs> Literally, that's what but we're it all living. We the all kids live first. Kids first. Actually, when we leave Kids First, we hang out with Kids First people. We it's don't, I mean, over the summer, I only was with we. It was we would spend all day at camp and then we'd leave and we'd be like, okay, like, let's go get sushi. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> because like, I just had no, I mean, I love it. Kids First is my life and I love it that way. And I just feel like even if we do have jobs, like you're going to see Alex chatting with the front desk ladies. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no way. <laughs> so... I just don't think there's... I mean, I have this dream that Alex <laughs> is going to open a medical practice in conjunction with Kids First, and it's going to all come full circle. Yes, it will. Well, that's what I've been thinking. I mean... Lauren Ann could come back me and be an and OT Ashley, here. I mean, it, you just... We're going to be... And then Alex is going to like refer his patients to go. us, and yes. it's just... It's going to be one perfect, big, happy family. Mm -hmm. This is going to happen because it's a lifestyle, <laughs> and there's no life after Kids First. <laughs> I oh have to God. have a life after kids first, and I'm upset about it's it. It's not enough for I haven't figured out how it will look and how I'll still be happy, but it'll happen somehow. Well, my life is kids first, so I think it's just, it's so awesome that you said that. I feel like, um, I think that all feeds into everything that we're talking about, just with building, building a place, um, a culture, a home where people feel loved and cared for and want to keep coming back. And I think that all goes to the things we're talking about, things that Jen and I talk about in what Jeff has built with his value system and the, and the culture that he really created um, that Jen and I now have to cultivate and continue on. Um, but it just all comes back to doing great things for kids here at Kids First. But to me, like I can, I think of you guys as my kids and someone like I was always doing great things for my staff. It was doing great things for the kids of camp. But, um, I think that's how you perpetuate the culture. I think that's how you continue it on to the next generation and whoever leads kids first after me and Jen. In the very least, I'll be back with my hypothetical child and put them in <laughs> classes. And I've always said I better still get an employee discount <laughs> for all the years I haven't had a child to have an employee discount. I think we can work that out. 
All right, guys. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today on the podcast. It's been fun to hear both of you talk about your experience with Kids First. Um, Jen and I talk a lot about our leadership model and some of our strategies that have come from reading Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, and how important it is to hire great people onto your team and then find them the right seat on the bus. And I think we often use that phrase. We've used the phrase, good need not apply only looking for great employees. And I think you're both examples of wonderful people who are great employees who have been so lucky. We've been so lucky to have on so many different seats on our bus. So thank you guys for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Yay, thanks. <laughs> well, that concludes this episode of the Small Business Bootcamp. For more information about registering for a bootcamp class, please visit MetzgerBootcamp.com. And if this podcast was a value to you, Please subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Music, or Google Podcast. As always, stay positive and keep moving forward.